Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester. Welcome to America's premier automotive news and technology talk show. This is Roadworthy Drive, and I'm your host for this hour, Ken Chester. So glad you could drop by. As always, regular listeners know that I pack each and every hour full of information that you need to know that will help you to be a better to be better informed about the evolving technology coming your way. Additionally, the consumer news and information that I share with you each visit will also make you a more effective consumer as well. For this hour, it's news tidbits from the parts bin, a talk about teen safety during this prom and graduation season, a look at truck trailer underride crash tests, and finally, what and how the new 5G next generation wireless network will speed up connected and autonomous vehicle evolution and introduction. All of that during this hour. As always, I want to hear from you, our listeners. To add your voice to the conversation or to reach out to me or the other members of the Roadworthy Drive crew, call or text me on the Roadworthy Drive line. That number, 872-222-9793. That number is always open for you, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you're the shy type that prefers email, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way connects you to me and the show. We'd love to hear from you. Now, I want to introduce you, as always, to the other members of the Roadworthy Drive crew. And in the corner, the man with a steady hand on the controls, serving as the designated adult in the room, my friend and executive producer, Jack. Now, normally, in full disclosure here, Sasha, our sweet and sassy social media diva and full-on gamer girl, would be holding things down at mic, too. But she's off today, spending a little quality time with family. So, Sasha, we miss you, and we hope you'll be back next week. Actually, she will be back next week. So you're getting the full, undiluted male version of the show today, and the suits wanted me to give that full disclosure so that everybody would be aware. Please don't hold, us, hold it against us. Hey, Jack. <laughs> okay. Hello, yeah. Ken. Yeah. What's on your mind? You look like a man with something on your mind. Look, I went to the suits to ask for time off. Uh-huh. They had me fill out in triplicate mm-hmm. all kinds of forms. How did she get the day off? She's Sasha. Move along. <laughs> what just, is in the park this week? I'm just saying. I'm not you even know, going some, there. Some people have connections. Apparently. Others of us wish we did. Apparently. Okay. We start with a virtual owner's guide. Are you telling me that this is going to pop up on our infotainment system? I'll put it to you this way. It's called Ask Mercedes. And last year, uh, Mercedes-Benz USA rolled out the pilot of a new augmented reality application known as Ask Mercedes. It allowed customers to explore the features of their vehicle in an, their words, in an engaging and intuitive way. Basically, yeah, you activate the app, you aim the phone at a part of the car you want to know about, mm-hmm. press it, and the car will give you information about it. 
without having to break open your owner's manual. You know that thick thing that nobody reads? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, I had to break mine out this week. Because? Um, I can't really figure out how to get, like, Audible mm-hmm. to play through the truck speakers. Uh-huh. Did you figure that out? Not yet. That's, uh-huh. that's why I said this week I have to bust out. Oh, you have manual. to bust it out. I have you to bust yet. it out. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, you will notice that unlike the old days where they were thin, this mm-hmm. thing, first of all, in today's owner's manual, you don't have one. You have seven. Yeah, you have a number of ones. So you will end up having to find, if it's not in the main manual, there's probably an infotainment manual separately. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to dig through that. Depending, may still refer you to yet a third manual in your manual kit. Someplace in there, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, in Mercedes' case, they're saying, with the application's augmented reality capabilities, customers can get answers to questions about operating their new vehicle in real time, meaning you don't have to look at the book. Um, this started with owners of the 2018 Mercedes E-Class or the S-Class, the non-AMG version, can use the application to get to know their vehicle and functionalities Using this smartphone camera like we talked about earlier. Okay, answer me this. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between Mercedes and AMG? AMG is the performance version of the car. Okay. Kind of like SRT is with Dodge. Mm-hmm. Kind of like M is with BMW. Okay. Yeah, this is the, oh, my God, hand-built, to-the-wall, performance, yikes kind of car. And we can't afford it. Uh, yeah, well, I can't afford the regular production ones. There you go. Um, speaking of yikes, how about an 800-horsepower pickup truck? What could possibly go wrong? Believe it or not, this falls under the category of, are you ready for this? Okay. The first thing that strikes me is you're going to have to put the Plymouth Super Sport wing on the back of it mm. to keep it down on the ground. Well... The folks over at Specialty Vehicle Engineering, we've talked about them before, mm-hmm. they're the ones currently producing vehicles under the, what, the Yinko brand. And Yinko was a dealer in Pennsylvania that developed really fast, really fancy Chevy performance cars that became its own sub-brand back in the late 60s, early 70s. Okay. They're collectibles now. These guys are producing a Silverado, 800-horsepower Silverado. With a custom-built, 800-horsepower, 6.8-liter, supercharged LT1-based engine in two-wheel drive. Again, how we keep this thing on the ground. Yeah. Um, They're only going to build 25 of them. And it's interesting to note, there is no price quote for this. I was going to ask you if there was a price quote. I know you were when I was researching this. I knew Jack's going to ask how much. I can about guess what it is. A hundred thousand plus. Uh, yeah, that would probably be reasonable, and you probably have to wait for it. Yep. Um, each of these twenty-five vehicles will include a numbered power badge, two numbered key fobes, a manufacturer's certificate of origin, and believe it or not, Jack, a three-year, thirty-six thousand-mile limited warranty on the engine and supercharger assembly and non-powertrain components. Okay. Now, here's my other question. Mm-hmm. The does them modifying the truck void GM's warranty? The fact that they're giving their own separate warranty? I would say yes. 
ought to tell you, yeah. Okay. And bear in mind, this warranty is less than the factory warranty of an unmodified Silverado. Because aren't those like five one hundred thousand on the powertrain? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and oh, by the way, um, Rancho shocks, skid plates, hill descent control, automatic locking rear differential, uh, three dot forty two rear axle ratio, and a new larger diameter one and one half inch custom front sway bar. And they still managed to keep the weight of this truck, uh, the GVWR, the truck. Still, it comes in at 7,200 pounds, even though it's been lowered two inches in the front and five inches at the rear. Okay, but that was pretty much the GBWR on the truck to begin with, right? Exactly. Okay. And what they're saying is, even with all the changes, they were able to still hit that number. Wow. Yeah. Um, before the break, one more thing for you. How about a Dodge Durango pursuit vehicle? Right now, Ford owns about 50% of the market with their Interceptor, which are basically modified Explorers. Yep, and then che- doesn't Chevy have one? Oh, the Chevy's using a Tahoe, aren't they? Right. Okay. Dodge is coming out. Uh, right now, Dodge kind of owns the market on the cars with the Charger Pursuit. Mm-hmm. It, looks, it looks the part. It's pretty menacing. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a Durango with a 5.7-liter Hemi V8, a two-speed transfer case, for low-range off-roading needs, and a 60-to-zero stopping point, it can stop this thing at 134 feet. That's pretty doggone good. Yeah. Um, They're building this because of unofficial testing by the Michigan State Police. People wanted the thing. Unofficial testing. Yeah. They tested it. They liked it. They wanted it. And and the folks at Fiat Chrysler said, all right, we'll build it. What's weird, though, is they're only going to build, you know, it for a short time. So if you want it, you've got to sign up for it well, relatively quickly. Well, and, in fact, the build-out for it is next week. Really? Already. Yeah. And they just announced this thing. So they're trying to grab as many orders as they can to see what kind of demand they've got. Apparently. That, that, is, that is weird. But, yeah, if it's not enough to have a menacing Dodge uh, Charger come up behind you, now the Durango that comes up behind you real quick might, in fact, be law enforcement. Coming up, teens, driving, prom, and summertime. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthydrive.com is the place to keep up with the latest happenings with Ken and the show. before. Man, the new Kaiser is luxurious. How about the new Kaiser's power? Oh, there's a big change there, too, with new superpower. The Kaiser has a revolutionary new engine that gives you power on demand. It's like having two engines in one. For normal driving, you get Kaiser's famous economy. 
for when you need an extra burst of power and pickup for passing or for zooming up hills, you get it on demand. Wow, that sounds exciting, Marty. And tonight we are privileged to salute Kaiser as an outstanding member of our Autolite family. Autolite is proud of its long association with Kaiser and Kaiser dealers everywhere. The big three and the small five. Yep. And a lot of people don't remember back in the day that we had a number of domestic automobile manufacturers, not just three of them. Okay. Hudson and Nash, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, moved to Canada. No. Hudson and Nash merged in 1954 to become American Motors. Okay. Who moved to Canada? What you're thinking of is the last days of Studebaker. Okay. Some 10 years later. Um, If you're wondering what you just tuned into, this is Roadworthy Drive, and I'm your host, Ken Chester. We're so glad you could be with us. Um, We talk a lot about modern and advanced and technologies, and I like running the vintage uh, spots because it gives us an idea of what was and how far we've come. And it gives a little balance, I think, to the program. Well, not only does it give a balance, but it also makes me realize, as an old-time uh, radio show fan, mm-hmm. hearing these old commercials, it was like, what they're doing with commercials now, mm-hmm. it's like the old ones, the new ones don't do it any justice. Well, there's a lot of change. I oh, mean, yeah. back in the day, you didn't have that many outlets. You had newspapers, you had radio, radio stations. And you had TV. And you had TV. Three channels. Yeah, three channels of TV. Yeah. Three channels. When that, art, when that piece ran in 54, TV was new. Yes, Relatively it was. new. And they were still trying to find their way. Uh, you had radio and you had newspapers. I mean, heck, within mm, 14 years after that piece, I was delivering a morning paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, that morning paper uh, merged with the evening paper, and it's one paper now, and they've got an online presence and some everything. So, yeah, the more things change, the more things seem the same sometimes. Okay, Ken, let's let's get to the topic at hand, because here's, here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. As somebody who went a long time ago. Mini prom, moon? Mini moons ago. To prom and drove and all this stuff statistics always tell us that teen driving has some not so good consequences well let me back up a little bit every year about this time of year i do a piece in may and the reason why that i want to talk about um safe driving and teens and prom uh, this is the start of the summer season for many. Mm-hmm. You're talking proms, graduation, fancy free, and sometimes not always paying attention. And summertime. Yeah. That's superimposed on top of the fact that teen drivers being new drivers are not necessarily experienced drivers, which means they're prone to a lot of mistakes of lack of attention or not paying attention or knowing what to do in emergency situations because they haven't had the experience. Mm, okay. Let me give you an example. Now, a recent study by Liberty Mutual Insurance and Students Against uh, Destructive Decisions, which used to be called Students Against Drunk Driving, but they've changed the name, found that 88% of teens say that driving under the influence of alcohol is dangerous, while only 68% of teens believe driving under the influence of uh, marijuana is dangerous. Now, 
the insurance company uh, gives, and we'll get to it in a minute, uh, gives some uh, suggestions on what parents can do to keep their kids safe. But what I want to do right here is point out a few facts because I want to lay this groundwork even. Teen traffic deaths during prom season weekend are higher than are higher than any other time of the year. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, for the past several years during prom weekend, approximately 300 teens have died in alcohol-related car accidents. Also, according to NHTSA, one in three children under the age of 21 who died in an alcohol-related accident died during prom and graduation season. I'll let that sink in. Here's something that makes no sense to me, though. An American Medical Association study reported that 10% of parents believed it was appropriate and safe for underage teens to attend both prom and graduation parties where alcohol is served. If a parent is present, they never met my parents. They never met my parents either. My parents would have said, "Ah, no, no, not happening. Okay, Ken, quick question. Yeah. When they say alcohol-involved accident, are they talking about the teen driver was drunk or the guy in the next car was drunk? They don't make that distinction. Okay. But I think you can infer that there was open alcohol in the vehicle. Now, let's be honest for a minute. Um, Chances are you open a bottle, you pass it around. Yeah. So everybody's having a little taste. Yeah, not supposed to happen. Correct. And and you know my take on drunk driving. Oh, yes. I, I have a zero tolerance. Do I, do I need to build you a bigger soapbox? No. And and given the time, I, I just want to get into some of this. Okay. Uh, suggestions for parents. Have a conversation or more than one since the teen, with your teen. Uh, since the teen brain is driven by more pulse and reason, it's important to have candid conversation about the dangers of prom, such as driving under the influence. <coughs> Excuse me. Or distracted driving. Have the discussion in advance of prom night and reinforce the message to keep it top of mind for your teen. Create a secret code. In case teens find themselves in a vulnerable situation pre or post prom, parents and teens can create a secret code together, such as a text code to alert parents that they need to be picked up with a, and this is important, no questions asked policy. As a father, I've done that. I would rather have my kids alive than to have them be worried that I'm going to chew them out. Well, and the one thing that I can tell you, my, my father had always told me, you get yourself in a situation you, you, you're uncomfortable in, call, and we're not going to ask. Yep. We will come get you. He did the same thing with my nephew. And, I, my, and my nephew did it on three separate occasions. I have gotten up at quarter to four in the morning to get one of my daughters. Yep. Uh, no questions asked. I was glad she was safe. Uh, it says set clear rules, common sense. Also, um, they said that driving with two or more passengers in the car with the teen greatly increases your risk of getting into an accident. Speak with teens about how many friends they can drive with on prom night and remind them always to remain focused on the road. Here's one more thing right before break that I want to come up with that blew my mind. If your teen is being driven in a limo, Speak directly with that limo company owner about his company's alcohol and drug policies. Do business only with a company owner who forbids the presence and consumption of alcohol and other drugs in his vehicles. Imagine that. Next, truck, trailer, underride, crash test. Your life is at risk. This is Roadworthy Drive. 
listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester on the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Welcome to the downhill side of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester, your host. For those of you who want or need more than your fair share of the road, be sure to visit the road website. That's roadworthydrive.com. Discover video clips of our behind-the-scenes antics, audio installments of past shows, and more. The website is a great place to discover where to find us in the world of social media, too. Sasha keeps things hopping during the week between shows with her interesting and thought-provoking posts about automotive news and technology. See how she keeps the social in our social media. And all the way, by the way, for those of you on the go, we have podcasts available via now on Google Play and Blueberry Podcasts. So we're in the podcasting world, too. I have to laugh at this point. I really do. Because? You had to be doggone tired when you wrote this because you had spelled blueberry all wrong. No, actually, that is the way it's spelled. That's how it's spelled? Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that is the proper spelling, sir. Okay. Of that, of that particular site. Okay. Uh, what he's talking about is actually spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, no E. And that's why he was going. And like, no U. Yeah, well, that's the way they do it. Okay. Anyway. For, the, for this portion of the hour, I wanted to talk to you about side and rear truck trailer underride guards. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it, that's actually part of the problem, and I want to explain. You may not realize that tractor-trailer trucks, if you've ever followed one, has probably you've seen below the floor of the truck this metal, I, I don't want to call it a cage, but metal framework. Mm-hmm. Um, I never myself understood what that was all about. But what that is, is designed to save your life. Yes, it is. <coughs> what I also didn't realize is that the rear guards had started to be required by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration about six or seven years ago. I thought they'd been required longer than that. No. Really? The rulemaking has been 20 years in the making. Okay. But the issue is the strength of them. And as a result, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, and we talk about them regularly here, uh, started testing those. They started running mid-sized cars into them to find out if they would keep the car from actually going in underneath the truck and possibly uh, decapitating the passengers. Mm-hmm. Um, they show video. It's graphic. And this is just of the tests. It's what they call difficult to watch. Um, when they started testing these, they started with 30% full on, in other words, full car hitting the fullness of the barrier. Mm-hmm. <coughs> then they did a 50% offset. Ooh. Then they did a 30% offset. Okay. The purpose is is for that particular construction to still keep the car from going underneath the trailer. Let me guess. Most of them <laughs> failed. When they started testing, true. Now, how long ago did they start testing, though? Um, about six years ago. Okay. Now, 
last year, mm -hmm. out of the seven that they tested, major trailer manufacturers that the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety tested for full rear, 50% offset, 30% offset, mm -hmm. seven out of eight of those manufacturers passed all three tests. Only one, and the one it failed, failed the 30%. It still passed on the full and 50%. Okay. As a matter of fact, and I'm trying to find it here, they even, <laughs> excuse me, they even have a uh, terminology for it now in terms of recommendation, and I want to find it. Um, I believe it's called, and I'm looking, let's see, paper, paper, paper. Too much paper, I'm afraid. It's called Tough Guard. It's called the IIHS Tough Guard designation. And you only get this designation if you pass the full width test, the 50% overlap, and the 30% overlap. They did this with a 2008 Chevy Malibu, a good-sized car. You should have seen the videos of the, of the truck trailers that did not pass. They were pretty much toast. It was ugly. In some of those cases, uh, yeah, that car submarine right up to uh, the rear seat. Wow. Um, as these are tested, um, brand new. Now, I'm going to get to a problem in a minute. There's a problem, though. They're certified when new. But what happens is they age and they get rusty. Are there any inspections? No. No. That's a problem. Uh, right now, there's rules afoot that want to go to a tougher Canadian standard that's tougher than this. But the problem is, as these trucks age over time, how do you know that that metal hasn't fatigued? How do you know that that metal will still protect you if, God forbid, in a distracted driving situation... You didn't see the truck in front of you. Stop. Yeah. And you hit it at 30, 35 miles an hour. If that particular piece of safety equipment has been compromised due to age or fatigue, you're still going to die. Not that you needed one more thing to worry about. Well, and my question is, what are they doing? Are they making rules to inspect these now no. after so many years? No. No. There is legislation afoot to remedy that situation, but it hasn't gone anywhere. They introduced it last year. In 2017. Yes. But, as they say, there's more. There is also a move afoot to develop side guards. Which, that I can see. Because right now what they've done with the sides of the trailers mm -hmm. is they put these what I'm going to call plastic things on the side to help, with the, to help with their aerodynamics. Mm -hmm. And those will not save you. They tested them. I'm sure they did. The problem, and the truckers are coming back with, is that you're looking at 50 feet, 53 feet Yep. Um, to save maybe 300 people a year. But I, I, I argue, if your loved one is one of those 300, is there any price that is enough no. to save a life? And that's the problem. I'm not saying that the truckers don't have a valid concern because it's a lot tougher to design something that will flex with the trailer, still be safe, not add so much weight that the truck now has to carry 
less of a payload, which means it's now more expensive to operate. I mean, there's some more issues that they have to work out in developing side guards. Well, and plus the fact they still have got to worry about the aerodynamic issue. Exactly. And the weight issue. Yep. I mean, these, these are legitimate complaints that over-the-road truckers have. This is their livelihood. The more freight, the more money. The less freight, the less money. Well, and let's also talk about, I have no idea what a brand new uh, trailer costs. They're not cheap, my friend. They're not cheap. To start How, with. However, now we're going to add more cost to the truck to try to keep the safety. And this is what they're probably going to argue. And they do. There is one item that currently meets the standard and doesn't add that much weight. But we'll see where that goes. Finally, what the new 5G wireless communication standard means to you and your connected car. This is Roadworthy Drive. This is Roadworthy Drive. If you're just tuning in, this is the final part of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for stopping by. I'm Ken Chester. With the whirlwind of technology that seems to consume almost every part of our lives these days, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the sheer amount of information about it. Well, not to add to that burden, but I thought I would share some information about the new 5G wireless standard, what it is, what it may mean for you, your family, and... Your car. I can't get 4G to work in the parking garage. Yeah, well, imagine 5G is going to basically rewrite the rules. Now, people might wonder, why are we talking about wireless technology in a car show? Because our cars are soon to be, if not now, interconnected. Well, they are connected. They are connected to the Internet. Uh, A number of automobile manufacturers are collecting data, like Nissan, like Tesla, and others. Uh, generic data. There's a lot of data flying around. And 5G is about to completely rewrite the rules. And it's another brick in the foundation of autonomous and self-driving cars. Because think about this for a minute. A world where in the autonomous driving world and you're getting instructions or communicating to infrastructure, other vehicles, um, who knows what, you need uninterrupted Seamless, right now, real-time communication. Correct. Uh, You can't afford a situation where, because of a rainstorm, your autonomous car won't work. Or in the middle of a snowstorm. Or perhaps, I don't know, sunspots. Okay. Geese. I don't know. Something. Let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. As you and I both know, and I'm not picking on the cable TV industry. Don't get me wrong. But here. Where, we, where we're at. Our cable company, most of the time during a thunderstorm, you don't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Unless it starts raining cats, dogs, moose, and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, Then you get a little rain fade. Satellite, you get a lot of rain fade. Mm-hmm. So is this 5G going to help improve that? Imagine a world, and I believe they call it, uh, they've got a term for that, actually. And I want to find that term. If I can find it. Oh, it's called super low latency. And what that means is 
that there's literally no delay whatsoever. You know when you log into your computer, you turn on your phone, and it takes a moment to log to the network? Yep. Imagine instantaneous connection all the time. That would be nice. Maybe. Imagine a world where your TV has no cables to the cable box. You plug it in, you turn it on, you're good to go. That would be nice. Make my house look a little neater. Yeah, but here's the challenge you're not hearing. Okay. They have the ability. Now, granted, Tesla, Facebook, a lot of the tech companies get a lot of information about us. Mm -hmm. In uh, No, let me back up. Let, let me give you an idea just how much faster they're talking about. 5G will offer speeds that far exceed 4G. 4G, for example, download speeds are up to 10 uh, megabytes, about five times the speed of 3G. LTEA, which is an advanced version, is about wireless speeds of 225 to 300 megabytes. 5G promises speeds up to 10 gigabytes. That's 33 times faster than LTEA, 100 times faster than traditional LTE, and are you ready for this? Up to 500 times faster than 3G. Wow. Okay. To put that in context, the best commonly available wired home internet connections usually cap out at about one gigabyte, which is what our current cable company is bragging about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's only 10 to 20% of the speed of 5G. Wow. Imagine all the information they can collect on you now. Yeah. Basically everything in a heartbeat. Think about this. With infrastructure communication, vehicle-vehicle communication. Vehicle to everything. Right. Um, instantaneous information of major magnitude, both the amount of information available and the speed at which it's available, this is a major building block requirement of tomorrow's connected and autonomous cars. Without something like this, it doesn't work. Yep. And that is, again, comes full circle to what you've always talked about, and that as each day goes by, you're winning me more and more as a convert. Uh, a convert to what, Ken? Um, data security. Yep. Um, the amount of data that's being shared and by who and for what and why. Uh, my rights as a personal, as a private citizen, to share information. And even if I opt out of one, have I truly, honestly opt out? And here's a bigger question. What information about me if I'm in a vehicle, even a connected vehicle today, is out there. Is there a way for me as a private citizen to know what is out there in the ether, in the cloud, about me personally? And do I have a right to my own personal information to either opt out? No, I don't want you to have that. What is required maybe by law that you have to have for various reasons? We don't have. With this increase in speed and the increase in availability, not by a, a little 10% or 20%, but geometric increase of that, there will be wireless companies that will have the ability to know 100% of everything I am and know and been and going. And that's the problem. Yes, it is. 
I would I would think that you have a right to your privacy. But what does that even mean now? What does that mean? What it means right now is that our government hasn't taken the steps necessary to protect us. But do they even know? At the rate that technology is growing like this, do we even know what's out there? I mean, this has been going on since the credit companies came online, what, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we've got this steady stream that companies now can use all this information to market to us, to predict what we're going to do. That is what uh, AI, uh, artificial intelligence, and deep machine learning is doing. Not only is it learning, it not only does it know about you, it's learning what you're going to do before you even do it and be able to, it's called predictive indicators. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, incredible speed. But here's something. Wireless providers will have more data than Facebook and Google combined. Now, that is absolutely frightening. It should be. And with all the speed, does net neutrality even mean anything anymore? Well, net neutrality is going away in June. Uh, yeah. So does it even count? Oh, well. We've come to the end of this hour, and this conversation is by no means done. On behalf of Jack and myself, thank you for tuning in. This has been Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation. Thank you.